Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Campfire Coders. I'm your host, Austin Cameron, and I'm here with... And I'm your other host. Oh, we're screwing each other up. Want to do it again? No. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving this... Jesse Lee? Yeah. Awkward. Okay. We're back, though. Yeah, we're back. I'm your host, Austin it's Cameron. It's been a while. I'm your other host, Jesse Lee. See, no, the power of editing, we might mess it. We might do it again, but we probably won't. Let's be clear. Yeah. So how's your uh, Christmas It's now that it's been like a month and a half? That's true. Now you're telling people when we recorded this and how much we've been slacking over the holidays and beyond. Um, my Christmas <laughs> was great. Christmas was great. Had a lot of company beforehand, some company during... Uh, and some company after. And yeah, we did, pretty much did nothing. Um, hung out hung out with the fam. My, yeah. I don't, how was yours, man? It was good. Yeah. What did you, what did you, what did you guys get up to? Uh, I can't even remember anymore. Yeah, we ate a lot. Yeah, ate a lot of food. Did the whole food, relaxing, playing video games, board games with the kids. And, you know, yeah, it was good. It was relaxing. Dude. Do what did you guys do? You guys have any like food traditions, or is it like what did you have for Christmas dinner? Yeah, that's okay. I'm curious about you too. So we didn't do it this year. I got the recipe from my uh, family though, but uh, my Portuguese side of the family does shrimp and crab. Love um, that, and the my shrimp wife is like really a, love that. <laughs> she loves yeah. seafood. Nice. I don't, I'm not big on like the, the frozen shrimp rings or whatever, but this is like, you know, gar- it's like hot shrimp in like a broth. It's like uh, onion, garlic, peppery type broth. And then you like dip your bread, you like deshell them as you eat them and then you dip your bread in. Oh man, good. you're speaking yeah. my language here. I'd like, I mean, I have a, I love food. Okay. So, but. So, so do you, do you have Christmas traditions for food and stuff? No, you know, actually. Okay, we're going to come back to that. I have some questions. Portuguese descent. Does that mean that you, like Portuguese people like spice, right? Like heat, pepper, heat? I don't even know. See, my, my family's from the Azores. Uh, so they're out in the middle of the at the ocean. And uh, it's all like seafood out there. I don't really know what the traditional Portuguese cuisine is like. I'm not sure where I've gotten this assumption about spice from. <laughs> to be clear, I have no idea. But I was just—you said hot broth. Were you talking temperature or like it's yeah, spicy? Temperature. Well, okay, yeah, you can do it either way. But, okay. Well, yeah. it sound that sounds incredible. It's, it's usually like a, it's not it's not really spicy, but it's usually got a little bit of a kick to it. Yeah. Okay. Um. It's just yeah. It turns turns out I'm realizing I know nothing of Portuguese culture, and I just made a random assumption. So sorry. <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, well, I've never been there, so we. Yeah. <laughs> as far as our Christmas traditions, not really. Okay, there's one from my wife's family that is on Christmas morning. You have uh, locks, so bagels, cream cheese, salmon, red onions, and capers. Gotta have the capers. So, I mean, for those of you who don't know what locks is, I don't know. That's that's their Christmas tradition. Uh, I happen to love it because who doesn't love a good loaded bagel? So yeah, that we did we did do that one. 
Um, I think I'm making a new Christmas tradition now. How, like, how does a tradition start? We can talk about that, but I think we've made a new Christmas tradition as in we did it for the second year in a row this year, which is we made tonkotsu ramen for Christmas dinner. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah. And we went, well, This my sister-in-law was in town this year and we went big. So we made like an entire pork belly two different ways and like, yeah, it was great. Ooh, fancy. And then with the leftover pork belly, the next day we made bao buns. Excuse my pronunciation if that's wrong. I don't know. But like the little pork <laughs> buns with steamed like dough around them. Oh, I love eating those. So let me tell you, I'd never made them before that, but they they turned nice. out great as well. Yeah. So of course we made ramen for, for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have, you don't have any, is like, it, I don't even know how to say it. Kangotsu. Did I even... Uh, it's a, so I, I think I used to <laughs> get into how, um, bad I am at Japanese, but I think I used to say it tonkatsu, but I th- believe, yeah, maybe we talked about this on the podcast, but the word katsu, I think means like pork cut, pork cutlet and okay. tonkotsu, kotsu, I don't know how it, Okay. See, this is going to be funny. Someone who knows how to pronounce these is going to be laughing at us out there. And yeah, well, yeah, well, actually, yeah. but it's T O N K O T S U, and that's okay. The pork opaque pork broth that we talked about before, right? On the other episode yeah. that we did the ramen stuff, yeah. Sick. Oh, it was good. It was one of the better. I haven't had dinner yet, so I'm I'm getting hungry over here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, that was one of the better broths I think that we've ever made on Christmas. Nice, nice. but that's because I had nothing to do all day, so I was like, not the you don't really have to tend that broth very often, but I just took extra care in every step, and it was really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, plus, here here's where I'm realizing I think we should definitely make this a Christmas tradition, uh, because then you get to see everyone struggle to eat Christmas dinner with chopsticks and in America and maybe <laughs> Canada too. I don't know. Like that. That's funny to me. Oh, I can't. I'm still yeah. terrible at it. I'm terrible at it. So <laughs> it doesn't mean I it's love, fun, love trying. Yeah, it, yeah. Right. Exactly. It's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. Other than that. Although with like rice and stuff, you know, with sushi and rice and stuff, um, you know, if the rice is like sticky, it's not that bad. True. You know? But yeah. Yeah, so I don't, like my the, the rice that my so the one half of my family is Portuguese, the other side is German, and their rice would have you would have never been able to eat that with chopsticks because it was always you know slippery. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so I but, made I made that mistake of choosing the wrong chopstick out of our collection. At, okay, at uh, Christmas dinner at first, and we have like these steel ones that they don't have any ribs or anything, and I was like, oh, it'll be fine. I like you. It's impossible to pick up a wet noodle with a like smooth steel chopstick. It's impossible. <laughs> so yeah. I tried, uh, but then I realized I know nothing and am terrible at this. So then I had can to we go. make can we make that the uh, title of the episode? Picking up a wet noodle or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Someone might take that as an innuendo, but you know, whatever. Happy <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Um, yeah, man. Uh, it was good. Christmas time was really good. Do you, you guys got time off work, right? 
Yeah, we we uh, took some time off work. We usually take off a few days before Christmas and then go back on around the second, I think. But I thought that you, um, yeah, didn't you say that the whole Statomic crew took like a week off or something? Is that that's what you're saying? Yeah, like that's what we. Yeah, that's what we all do. Yeah. Okay. That's so. That's super cool. Of course, you know my company's mm-hmm. like oh, or the. I, I say my company, but I mean the company that I work for. Yeah. They're like, they're like, I hey, had to yeah. work through some, right? Yeah. You get Christmas and New Year's off. And, but I did take yeah. time off because my sister in law was in town and mm-hmm. it was great to hang out with her and just honestly do nothing. Um, you know, I, do you get this like, do you ever get this like feeling where it's like, oh, I got this time off coming up. I'm going to do all these like, dev side projects or get all this like work otherwise work what is work <laughs> in some other yeah form done do you do you ever feel that way yeah segue uh so over the christmas holidays i don't know i never really want to do work when i'm on you know when i have extra time or whatever but you always have like pet projects that you want to work on or whatever yeah that's what i need. and yep. so i was showing you that little play date thing that i was uh so the the kind guys that I work with bought me this uh, panic play date. I, I was showing you pictures of it, so it's not like you can yes. surprise or anything. No, no, no. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. For the for the yeah, listener so th- out there, I'm going to interject here. The play date is a like Game Boy esque console that has like this crank on the side, and it's made mm-hmm. by this company, Panic. Um, well, yeah. Well, I'll, maybe you're getting there. I don't want to steal your thunder here. No, no, no. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, Panic, I mean, if you're listening to a dev podcast, maybe you're already familiar, but Panic made uh, Coda, was a really cool t- Mac text editor um, back in the day. And, and Transmit. I think they have, yeah, Transmit, really good FTP for yeah. all of you FTP lovers. Yeah, for, for all of you oldies <laughs> out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they they uh, they uh, gave me this really cool Playdate thing and uh, for my birthday really kind of them. And so over the Christmas holidays, I wanted to dig in and start playing around with it. I didn't get too far. I ended up just reading a bunch of the docs um, because it comes with like, I guess the whole point of it is, so I was telling you this before, but um, my kids think it's funny because they're like, that thing is, is, is worth what? Like, you know, for not much more, I can buy like a Nintendo switch and it's like 3d Zelda (laughs) tears of the kingdom. (laughs) Yeah. Which is the best game ever made, by the way. I just want to say it publicly. It's the best game ever made. Yeah, I can't. Tears of the Kingdom. I can't disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you can't go wrong with Zelda, right? Yeah. Um, but this little play date, it's all black and white, right? And so, you know, the kids think it looks cool, but they're just like, you know, it costs what? <laughs> um, but the cool thing to me is that it's it's almost built as like a nostalgia toy for developers first, almost. Like it comes with this Lua-based SDK that you can download or you can... Um, program like it has a, a lua based sdk and a c based sdk and you can choose whether you want to use the lua libraries or the c libraries obviously c um yeah <laughs> the primogen the primogen will will attest yeah i'm kidding <laughs> so so i was reading through I, i'm starting with the lua libraries because i'm a, a game development noob um yeah and speaking of uh You've messed with some Godot. Godot. Am I saying that right? Godot? I think it is pronounced Godot, even though my American yeah. brain to, pronounced it Godot forever. Godot. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> same here. Um, I, no, I, yeah, I, it was, I, until I started watching a few streams, I always thought it was Godot. Yes, yeah. I know. I never expected the French to come out in it. 
Um, here I am calling out all these nationalities. I don't mean anything by it, but <laughs> <there's>, um, <laughs> they, yeah. So the, it's funny that you would bring that up because that is why that's actually was secretly going to be my segue when I was asking you if you feel this like internal pressure on yourself to work on your side projects during Christmas. Because what I did yeah. was felt that like normal and then disregarded it completely and messed mm. around. And I did do some good dough um, just, nice. yeah. just to like experience a different type of programming. Uh, nothing yeah. serious like but but so anyway yeah go on go on so yes yeah to answer that question though like i don't know i i didn't really put pressure on myself this year because this year so i'm working on that vim course and i literally just told myself i'm not doing any of it over christmas i'm not you know in the new year kind of thing so like it was just if i'm gonna do anything on the side it's gonna be play you know and that's i don't know or do you do, you do the same thing or do you put pressure on yourself to to do I well the reason I was asking that question is because I'm always like I'm going to be so productive I'm going to get all this stuff done yeah. on the side <laughs> projects or this other f- forgotten whatever you know I yeah. mean it's the the nature of of trying to do too many things is that that you can't get to them all and so then yeah it I felt that but then I did the same thing as you well I didn't consciously do it honestly I was like I just kind of rolled with it and was trying to be present in the moment when my sister-in-law was visiting and mm-hmm. um, did nothing. <laughs> Speaking of being present in the moment, I did do a lot of reading, though, which is taking myself out of the moment. But like, you know, we were just relaxing during the holidays. So I did a lot of reading. Yeah. But um, I'm really interested in the play date. Did you? So you, the kids liked it. I, I saw that you guys were like competing with the bear pouring beer game or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so we were, the one that was sort of a hit over Christmas was it was called Root Bear, and Root uh, Bear. Root, okay, yeah. So you're like a a barista, but you're pouring root beer <laughs> for other bears. Well, and, it's it's real beer for those of you over twenty one out there. Yeah, well, nineteen <laughs> in Canada, but that's crazy, and it yeah. should be the norm everywhere. But <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's it, the the playdate has this little crank on the side, like you mentioned, right? And so it's got, you know, it's like, it's very simple, like a Game Boy. It's not like there's a lot of buttons. You have a D-pad, you have a B and A button, but then there's a little crank on the side and that's kind of what makes it unique. And so for the Root Bear game, you're like, I'm making the motion right now. People can't see it, but you like crank the, you what, use the crank to like What he's doing, folks, is he's reeling in the fishing line. There has to be a yeah, fishing I game, really, right? There, oh, I think there's a few, there's probably I mean. like, 10 or 20 of them. Yeah. There's like, there's like, dude, there's like 700 something games in that. Whoa. I think it's like itch.io. Like they have their own like little marketplace where they have like featured games. But if you go on itch.io, there's the thing's only been out for like, I don't know, a year or two at most. I'm not even sure when it released, but there's like 700 fan made games on itch.io and they're all just like tiny little things. But um, okay. So let's just review for a second here. For my brain, we have a, hackable game boy with a fishing reel built in yeah exactly and you can you script the whole game in lua is that what happens or see oh, if, it's either if you're crazy or either 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 or yeah which by the way c programming class was one of my favorite classes in school um nice. i loved that class and that was when that was when i learned about vim for the first the, time okay wait you, you had me at Vim, but I just want to pull back for a second. <laughs> um, 
See, I'm jealous because when I was in high school, it wasn't C, it was Java. Well, I guess nothing wrong with Java, but so this I was, think I would have preferred if I learned C or something. This was at college or uh, what do you say in Canada? University? I'm not sure. What oh, we have right. both. Yeah. I'm not sure actually what you say. I'm just being a smart ass, but they, yeah. uh, they, they uh, I just, I should, I should be making up a name right now, but I yeah, can't you got to come name, so. in hot with more American jokes. It's easy, right? We're easy to make fun <laughs> of. Um, but no, this, so this was in college and they started you with Java and I hated that because I mean, I already knew PHP at that point and I was like, right. Java, I just don't, I don't know. I learned some good concepts, I guess, but I just didn't like Java and the compiler and using same whatever. Yeah. It, like it was fine, but it was like you kind of know going forward you're probably not going to want to. Yeah, like see, Java. I, I feel like with yeah. C C versus Java, like they're both they're both fine. But I just I think even back then I would have I think I knew enough to know like C is going to be more all around useful, whereas Java is just like you know. So Java I applets and like I don't know. It just felt like it was more um insert adjective here. Let's move on. Well, <laughs> the, well like I I when I was a kid like learned Linux and set up a web server with the command line and I'm sure I was using like nano at the time or something. Like certainly mm-hmm. not vim because every time I opened that I was like I'm scared. I don't know what I'm doing. And I can't do anything, and I just want to type. Um, but, but, you know, after doing Linux and all that stuff as a as a younger man, by the time I got to college, we did Java, and I'm like, it's fine. But like, I would never use whatever little text editor or, or IDE or whatever the heck they had us use at the time. I think it was called Blue Jay. It was like this like really pared down <laughs> thing. But we. That was like year one in college. They had us do that. And I'm like, whatever, this is actually kind of a cakewalk because I know PHP and most of the concepts, except for like PHP didn't have object-oriented stuff at the time, dating myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, or at least not real, you know, it was, we're talking PHP four times. So mm-hmm. uh, the, dating myself, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, so, so it was year two, and there was like C class. And it wasn't a mandatory class, I don't think. But I took it, and I was like, I actually love this. Like, you start, mm-hmm. you make your own make file, and like everything's kind of like, you feel like a hacker, especially when you're a kid and you're just learning that stuff. You're like, yeah, I'm on the command line. I got this make file, and I got to run this thing. And then I, I started like dabbling in Vim, right? And what happened was I started dabbling in Vim, and I did a whole assignment in it. And I was like, I was like, I am ascending. I'm being like, this is amazing. And then I hit control S and you know what happened there. (laughs) Can you guess what happened there? You've told me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I I spoiled it to you, but for the listener out there, I guess I'll just tell you control S in default Vim on like Linux, at least old school Vim suspends the session, which like freezes the whole thing. So I thought control S would save it, but of course it just froze the whole thing. And then I lost the whole assignment because I didn't realize you could do whatever control Q or whatever. So, so I would just, I just had to quit the process in the SSH session and um, there we were. Then I was an angry man. And then I did the whole assignment, not in Vim because I was afraid. Yeah. And then you had to find the perfect editor that conformed to your control S and you found VS code and, and all was good. I mean, you did a lot of fast forwarding there. 
<laughs> through Coda. Okay, back to Panic and yeah. Playdate. Actually, hold, hold on. Speaking of like the built-in editor thing, did you ever use Turing? In grade we in grade nine, we used Turing. Is that an editor or, or a language? Well, it, it was both. It was this like no, all-in-one. Well, at least the, I, from what I remember, maybe I'm wrong about it. From my memory serves right. It's it we would open up Turing and it just had this little text editor slash built-in compiler with like a run button, and it was a very like education centric way to learn how to code. Okay, like it was like its own. It had its own little like Turing language, and I don't know. I don't know much about it. I should probably do my research before I pretend like I know things. But do you know the name of the man? The first name? Uh, Alan. I think I that's know. right. But <laughs> is it? Here's the trick. I was asking you because I couldn't remember it. <laughs> oh, I, I don't even know. I believe yeah. so. We should. We're bad computer users now. Wow. Okay. Sorry, everyone. We're a disgrace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and then uh, and then yeah we went moved on to Visual Basic which was also like a GUI based thing right and then and then Java and even Java felt lower level but yeah there's something about C what you did it's just like you know you're like closer to the raw metal and you're make you know you're you're not like in some like you know pre made environment you're sort of do, that's what makes you feel like a hacker you're kind of doing it all on your own yeah you know yeah it's all which- you. So. Of course, I think you know it's funny to okay to bring it back to PHP, uh, which is funny. Like PHP is in a way that way bare metal on your web server, even if you got FPM running with Nginx or whatever. But like back in the day, it was Apache in PHP, so it's just PHP process and Apache, mm-hmm. and like that to me was more bare metal than say like. Well, I don't think that Flask was around at the time. Maybe it wasn't, but like the, you know, there started to become these other frameworks or languages where it's like, oh, well, we can make web applications with Java or like the Java people still doing that to this day. But like that, I think you just triggered me by saying that because I think not in an angry way, but more so, I think like PHP always jived me in that bare metal way. Whereas something like Python, you got to run this weird WSGI server and it's like you got a Python process. It's like a, a long running thing. I get, I don't know. I, I don't know enough to know enough, but that's where yeah. we're at. Yeah. Okay. I'm done talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I just on that note too, I feel, I feel like that's why coding in Swift. Or, you know, in like the Mac environment, I feel like there's something about having to, you know, feeling like you have to use Xcode and set up their big environment instead of like using your own setup, right? Ugh, I'm grimacing here. Like, ugh. I'm sure you don't have to actually use Xcode, but I just, I feel like any language that kind of shoehorns you into using a specific set of software feels less cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. On that note, let's bring it back to the game console thing for a second. Uh, I have some questions, but in my Christmas time exploration or shortly thereafter, uh, with Godot, right. I like, I found like a, a 2d platformer template and I was like adding, I was like, okay, you're basically like a square and it has jumped and moving built in. I'm like, okay, this is, this is great. Cause then I can just jump into that code and start coding. 
Like, yeah. As much as the artist in me loves the idea of making animations and like I've tried to delve into game dev in the past doing that. I'm like, what sounds the most fun to me is like taking something and start just adding random mechanics to it. So you could like jump yeah. and move. And then I added like wall sliding and double jumping and uh, dashing and like adding those mechanics Dude. is super fun. Yeah. That sounds so fun though. Like it's it, it the whole blank slate thing is kind of scary. Like, especially, I don't know how to do game dev. So, me neither. You're jumping in, and you're, <laughs> if, if you're blank slate, it's like, what do I start with? How do I make the character move? Do I look at physics? Do I build a level? What about hitbox? What about this? Like, is, whereas if you start with a template and you can just start tweaking things and seeing how it's coded, and you learn faster that way, it turns well, yeah, out. Yeah. Well, absolutely. If you are already a programmer, I think if you weren't, it's yeah, way better sure. to go through like the, the editor or <clears throat> step whatnot. Step by step. Yeah. And, yeah. And I I've dabbled in Godot in the past. I think I showed you the prototype of that, like um, the ninja game thing that I made, the little chubby right. ninja. Which, by the way, I got that running in the okay. The, in the past couple of weeks, there was like someone we, I was talking to about this, and I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna get this old prototype running just to show you." Oh, it was my nice. childhood friend. He's like, "What you like dabbled in making games? I always thought that's where you'd go." And I was like, "Oh man, yeah." I made a prototype like in twenty. 2018 i made this prototype and it's like think super nintendo zelda but you're like a chubby little ninja <laughs> it's like really agile and then like yeah i had this like dreams of making like a roguelike game i think they're called i don't know whatever yeah, you nice but now i've lost my train of thought completely i wanted to i had a point for this but then we got off on a different tangent and i'm sorry <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you're saying sorry i'm the canadian <laughs> yeah i just can't bring myself to pronounce it like that well here let me ask you this you you said your character was a square mm. is that like is that is that supposed to be an american joke okay stop <laughs> okay that was actually good thank you thank you see you brought it back just way sooner than i expected yeah um no that was fun very python like well i was trying to bring my train thought back but i'm missing all the open box cars here we'll say that yeah that's all right <laughs> yeah but yeah so we've both been playing with uh not really so wait i've barely done anything but yeah did you delve that i was trying to bring it back there in a roundabout way did you delve into the play date stuff not no so i didn't get I, I, more than anything, I just read a bunch of docs. I didn't really like get everything set up and coding yet. I was just reading through docs and stuff. But oh, dude, I kinda, this is what I was gonna say. Actually, it was really not profound at all. But the I started in the like Gateau editor trying to edit this stuff in the code thing, and immediately was like, I can't handle this editor. And it's actually pretty good. <laughs> Nothing against right. their editor, but I was like, obviously, I gotta figure out how to do this in VS Code. The tooling yeah. is so freaking good with the vs code stuff it's amazing actually it's nice. amazing like, you just you yeah you set up the hotkey to run the game from vs code so like literally the the mm -hmm. dev loop is actually pretty awesome if you set that up because i can was just there a, was there an lsp server for Godot script yes, or whatever it is yes nice so there's yeah. like the language server and you set it up and then all you're looking at is the code like yeah. for 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 figuring out mechanics, this is perfect, right? Mm -hmm. If you're like, if you're doing like 
graphics and trying to set animations for things. Like some of that you have yeah. to do in the Godot editor. Some of it you can still do in code. Most of it you still can. And so, yeah, I was like, I love this feedback loop because like you just change some code, hit the debug key or whatever hotkey you have set up in VS Code, and then your game pops up and it's running. Yeah. I did not figure out a live reload in the game. I don't think that that's a thing, but. <laughs> I, I love the LSP side of things though. Um, yeah. It's, so it's like, because Python. like, for example, with, yeah. Well, yeah, the good O script is like Python. Yeah. Kinda, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I love how like with the, with the LSP thing that, you know, the protocol that VS code is using and now NeoVim is using, like for example, with the play date, True. right. It being either Lua based or C based, I get, Auto like I haven't set it all up yet, but I get you know nice Lua auto completion and stuff like that in Vim already. I just have to figure out. I haven't tried it yet, but you know what about when you're trying to reference functions in the game library? Is it going to automatically recognize those from like the root project level, or do you have to like tell the LSP like where those libraries are or something? I haven't figured it out yet, but I also haven't. I've just been reading docs, so well but yeah. With the good with Godot script though, it's yeah. From what I've from what I've looked at, I, I kind of thought the same thing. First time I saw it, it looked a lot like Python. Yeah, which I love Python as a language. I do not love it as a language for web development. Nothing against any of the Python people. I'm sorry out there. Michael, I'm going to call it a great friend of mine. Uh, Michael, I know you love Python and you're into it for web development. It's just not my thing. There's no hard feelings. It starts <laughs> with P, though. It's- it starts with P. That's it's a good, true. That's a good start. But snakes versus elephants. I don't know what to. Yeah. All right. <laughs> no, it's Fair. just like, dude, I love it as a language. I just, well, Laravel's a thing, turns out. I was ready to give up PHP back in 2012. We talked about that. Honestly, yeah. I think, yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I would be in PHP either if it wasn't for Laravel, but Laravel is so nice. Thanks, so. Taylor. Thanks, uh, the community. Thanks. A lot mm. of thanks rolling out to everyone yeah. I didn't mention. Thank you anyway. Thank you to my mother. Thank you to everyone. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. The thank you acceptance okay, speech here. So you haven't like, you, you don't have a community game that we could all go buy a play date and play. When that happens, I'm buying a play date. Yeah. No, I, I really didn't dive too far into it. I was just reading docs, but um, yeah, we should both uh, play around with more game dev stuff. That's so fun. on that note, to really hammer the point home, didn't you get another like hackable console recently? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so this this wasn't yeah this one was also not planned. I was just hunting around on Marketplace for old Super Nintendo games in this little. I'm showing you on the camera here, but obviously people can't see this. Okay, it's like a little. Okay, I'm gonna describe. This it is to like the, a, I'm gonna hold it up for okay. just a second. I'm gonna describe it for the people. The original Game Boy, right? The gray. Yeah aesthetic with the purple buttons on the right side it looks just like that except for the screen is like full bleed there's like like there's no it's like a borderless screen on the top okay yeah yeah and it's like it fits in one hand man that thing looks cool that thing looks cool anyway so this thing is like it's called the miu mini plus it's like a little emulation machine but the cool thing about this one you say hackable it's it's linux based like it's literally just running retro arc RetroArch, 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 Linux Arch, emulator. I think is how Arch. Yeah, I think Arch is how the people who aren't married and have um, no. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's probably it's probably it. Retro yeah. RetroArch then. 
it's like you know that emulator pack or whatever of all the different it has like SNES, SNES core NES core Genesis you can like install these different cores into it so like this thing plays so it's just an emulator um, a bunch of stuff yeah it's just emulator or, or, or it's just a it's like a device that can have it's multiple like, yeah. emulators on it exactly yeah wait can so, you play Sega games on it yeah yeah have you ever totally. played the game Vector Man I don't know why this just came to my head but yeah um, I have the actual Vector Man cartridge and okay all right well yeah. all right You're have you played I, I was never a big genesis guy but i got a bunch when i was in my like early 20s i, I just i think i hit up like two or three really good thrift store deals and now i'm really happy i did because that stuff is worth a lot now but <laughs> yeah I have, have a, you played the have you played the game comics zone no i i have as a rental as a child yes okay you're talking Man, about the genesis cool. game yeah yeah the yeah. genesis game Yep. You're like a back when you know, could rent games from the video rental store. <laughs> yeah. Here we are it's dating like you're, again. You're like a I a ra- oops. You're like a rad um 90s looking just guy on the street beating up thugs, but it's like every time you you know what with, with the old like Ninja Turtles games or whatever how you would mm-hmm. like clear a screen and then there would be like an arrow pointing to the side to tell you you could keep going or like dungeon uh what's it called um, Battle Toads Dragon. what you want is Battle, Battle Toads yeah yeah Battle Toads so like with Comic shit. Zone <laughs> with Comic Zone when you would finish like clearing the screen it would like point but then you would basically like it would go to the next panel in a comic oh so like wow right? that's cool and, and sometimes like the cool thing the game was really like uh, clever in that sometimes like if you if you hit a guy hard enough he might go flying back and he'll hit the he'll hit like the white line between the panels and burst through it and the paper would rip and he would basically fly what? into the next panel this happened on like Sega they made this yeah it's wicked wow yeah. okay so it's my favorite it's my favorite Genesis game I can't get that some, far it's like super hard but well it's like yeah. all the games at that point like okay I know Double Dragon wasn't exactly easy or <laughs> either yeah, but exactly okay yeah. That actually blows my mind, though. So somewhere out there, there's this Sega Genesis developer that was like, "This was my passion project." But like that whole yeah. like breaking the fourth wall—that's not breaking the fourth wall. I don't know. It really well, was, yeah. But in in yeah. a way, a little bit, yeah. So well, and, and it really was too, because like cool. speaking of breaking the fourth Never wall, knew. like it's it's a comic, and maybe the game I just starts didn't with notice like, as a young man playing that. Probably it starts it starts with like a narrator. And the narrator has like, or not a not a narrator. What do you call it? like an artist, like a comic book artist? Okay, he, he would like take every once in a while. Like if you cleared all the enemies, just the, for the game to like make it seem like to to break the fourth wall on you, you would see the guy's hand come in with a pen and draw a new enemy on the screen, and you'd have to like fight him. That reminds so, me of like the uh, totally Super Smash Brothers football. games. Yeah. How there's the hand, right? It's always like the final boss, like the hand, who's oh, like yeah, the yeah, toy yeah. collector or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of, oh, yeah. wow. That's cool though, man. Wow. Uh, okay. So you got this console, but it's, wait, so it's it's hackable in the sense that it's Linux. And so you can just do anything you yeah. want. Well, you can and you can't. Like it's Linux, so you technically can do anything you want. Um, like the, the OS on this thing is called onion OS and it's just a, like a Linux, uh, based thing. I don't know, a little distro for these handheld things. And, um, yeah, I, I, 
I ended up losing a save because I like it has this autosave feature where if you like switch games, it'll autosave where you're at. And I had reset it and then I like switched games and it like saved over my save state. I was like, hey, it'd be cool if there was like a way to back up. So I started Googling like how to back up your like auto back up your save when you switch games and I couldn't <laughs> find anything. And, but then I realized, hey, this is just Linux and you can write custom like apps and the apps are just literally bash scripts, right? So if you write a custom app um, for this little thing, there's like an app on the main menu, there's like a game section and there's an app section and your app is just running a shell, like a shell script. So I made a little shell script to like backup save states. It's like, it's really cool. Like okay. same, same with the play date, right? Okay. So you're, wait, 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 wait. <clears throat> Didn't you say you like submitted this on GitHub to them? Uh, he, yeah, he, I, I had mentioned it in discord and he's like, oh, you should do a PR. So I haven't even started on that. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, so sorry to call you out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I actually speaking of, so you're talking about Godot, right? Um, you and I have talked about this a bit in the past before, but um, Pico 8. Do you remember our conversation about Pico 8? Give me something so, else to go so, on because I'm okay, clearly so P- drawing a blank right now. <laughs> so I don't know if the listeners, if any of you probably already know about this, but Pico 8 is this like fantasy console where it's like, yes. imagine you can, um, okay, so you're, you're, you want to get into game development instead of downloading like Unity or Unreal or something crazy and like, complicated um pico 8 is you can write you download this like i think I don't, it might it might be like 20 bucks or something to like buy the developer kit or something i don't know and you 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 download it and it's this little like game library um you can make your own games you can download other people's pico 8 games and same thing you go on itch.io and there's like thousands of these things that people have made like fan made games but pico 8 is like a fantasy console in that the limitations are very retro. Like the games that you make for it are very like NES, SNES like. They're not very like you're very limited in like I think your memory and your resolution and all that stuff. Um, and so it's just really cool because it's like, you know, as a dev now, if you want to get into game uh, development and you never have done it, the limitations. I think push people to be creative, but it also makes like the, the entry into game development really easy. It's like again, it's Lua based, I think. So you can build yeah. uh, Pico eight games in Lua, which is a really easy language. And then it comes with all the libraries and there's like plenty of videos out there and stuff. But the cool thing about this like fantasy console concept is that um it's like its own it's its own little like runtime environment or emulator or whatever you want to call it. And so, but there it's not like a physical console. Wait, right? so is it so an, that's is there like an engine too? I'm sorry, I'm just uh, it's like yeah, a runtime, or is it? Is there like it's, a game it's like a run engine time. to go along with it? Yeah, I think it's kind of both. Like the fr- the library or the framework or whatever that it comes with has like you know some really basic physics and like movement type stuff and all that to help you. But um, but it is like a runtime in that like every Pico Eight game has to be run like in that environment, right? So um, this so this little handheld that we're talking about. That's why I'm bringing it up. Um, there's like this being like a retro arch thing there's a pico 8 core that you can run pico 8 games on here so instead of it just being a fantasy console now you can actually play your pico 8 games like on a real thing and it just it's like that nostalgia feel of like i made this game and i'm playing it on this game boy and that's like the same kind of thing as the play date right the panic play date is that it's like 
Dude. It, it, there's like a satisfaction. There's like a drive to be able to make something and then play it on a physical Dude. thing. Okay. You know? We obviously <laughs> have to make a PHP Lambo game. <laughs> nice. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. Obviously. Like rad, you're like you, rad racer or something? Yeah. You start out as a junior dev. Okay. You start as a junior <laughs> oh dev and you work your way up to Lambo. Okay. That's the premise okay. of the game. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody can take this idea. It's copyrighted. You heard it here first. Yeah. This is yeah. camp. No, actually, we can take the idea and make it do a community open source project. And okay, fair. Jesse and yeah. I will barely contribute, but then we'll just enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll <laughs> barely contribute and let everybody else finish it. Yeah. I love it's it. It's all about getting things started in the right way, Jesse. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, dude. That, yeah. That's cool. Okay. So you haven't, you haven't done much dabbling in the game dev side of things. Not too much, no. Okay, but you? Uh, I mean, you said well, yeah. With the with the Godot stuff, I added like, a few mechanics. I haven't touched it in a yeah. month. I mean, whatever. It's we're, that yeah, was we're just, just posers, fun. but it's interesting. That yeah. was like, there's something to be said about doing a type of programming that that is not burning your eyes out doing tailwind classes for six hours a day or whatever. <laughs> like, as much well, as there, I, yeah. I love UI, I love UI. I love web development, I do, but there's something to be said about making something where you're like, I can show this to my grandmother and she's yeah. going to understand. She's going to be able to use the arrow keys in the space bar when I tell her that yeah. and jump around, you know, like, yeah, that. You, you can, like, if you show your grandma the the website that you built, she's like, yeah, cool. But if you show her the game that you built, she's going to pwn noobs. She's going to share it with her friends. <laughs> right. <She's> <laughs> yeah. Sooner yeah. or later, she's going to be streaming on Twitch, you yeah. know, hopefully in more clothes than most of the, some of the, yeah. Okay. We won't talk about that, but <laughs> Twitch has become a wasteland of strange things. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Dude, there's something to be said about that kind of development that, like, I find really fulfilling, for sure. Yeah, like, it would be really hard to break out and make a good income in the game development space. Yeah, it's saturated. But but making anything, like, anything that's hobby-related or anything that's entertainment-related has a different kind of a vibe because you're not making something... Uh, to put money on someone else's table so much as you're like making someone that someone could enjoy. There's like a, f- a fulfilling aspect to like, it's someone might like to just think about it, like to make something that someone can like kick back on the couch and relax and enjoy. That's, that's kind of an exciting that's, concept. You know? That's what I mean. The idea of, sh- okay. Like I, I was going to say, I'm going to say it because I was going to say the sentence uh, that is games or like things like that are inherently more shareable than websites which is right you have to define shareable what i mean is like other people can get a lot more enjoyment out of them not like the internet you can distribute anything obviously but there's something to be said about being like hey i made this thing you mm-hmm. can get some enjoyment about uh, out of it. It's like it's like cooking for someone that you love. You know, like you cook for them, and watching them eat the meal that you made and you slaved over is like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like oh, it just it fills you with joy, right? And so, yeah. 
as much as I love web development, building another form and giving it to someone for them to get their work done doesn't give me near the amount of joy as being like, here's this prototype I made. You're a square who can double jump, <laughs> you know, or whatever yeah. it is. Like, okay. Yeah. And this is not an America joke. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like that's, <laughs> yeah, to bring it back. This is, you're reminding me of that, like cooking for someone, of that scene in Lord of the Rings when Eowyn gives the soup to Aragorn. Do you know what scene I'm talking about? And it's like not when they're in Rivendell. Cool. Uh, no. See, where are they? They're like out on the field somewhere. But they're yeah. It's funny because Lord of the Rings is all serious, and it's this moment where she's like trying to feed him. She's like, she's standing like two feet from him, just like waiting to see his reaction. And and it's like you can tell it's not a good soup, and he's not enjoying it. I'm gonna commit to like (laughs) ten hours of watching all the extended editions now, just to see how that scene fits in. Yeah, maybe it's an extended scene. I don't know if it's an extended scene or not. We just watched through them all. That's another thing we did over the Christmas holidays. My boys and I, my two oldest boys, we watched through all the Lord of the Rings. So we both had a fantasy holiday because I was reading the Wheel of the Time books. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I read all three Wheel, well, the first three, I should say. There, I believe, is 17 of these books, so I've committed now. Wow. Um, So... I've been reading a lot. I've been reading a lot. Um, all fantasy, basically. I read the first three Wheel of Time books. And yes. then after Christmas, after the new year, I read the first book uh, in Brandon Sanderson's The Stormlight Archive called The Way of Kings. And then mm. now I'm probably like 600 pages into the fourth Wheel of Time book, just switching series now. Uh, nice. A good friend of mine is is reading the the Stormlight Archive as well, so I was kind of letting him catch up, um, which he just did now. And then, yeah, I don't, I've been really into the fantasy books. Maybe that's part of the game dev thing too. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, oh. I don't know. Developer, we're us. We're all nerds. We're so, all yeah. we're all nerds, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, like you have. There's there are developers out there that are sports jock developers but i would say the majority of us are nerds a lot of developers are like i've got a bronco shirt on right now i'm not necessarily a huge broncos fan i was a peyton manning fan more than i was a broncos fan let me most of the developers listening to this podcast are probably thinking like sports ball like like next topic you know (laughs) lord of the rings though um well i was gonna i was gonna say you know as soon as you say brandon sanderson or lord of the rings or something all the developers ears perk up i was gonna actually out myself here and say i'm very un-american but jesse being a canadian is a bigger nfl and football fan than i am (laughs) you know what though i didn't watch super bowl you didn't that actually shocks me yeah i I didn't i was kind of i was kind of over it this year so i didn't watch the super bowl either and i'm sorry to all you sports ball fans out there but Nothing makes me happier than skipping the Super Bowl. Uh, actually, there's a lot of things that make me happier. I'm just being <laughs> facetious here, but like, I didn't watch. I didn't watch it at all. Here we are talking about the Super Bowl. I didn't watch it at all. Um, it's fine. I don't know. I wasn't super invested. I never am. It's football. Whatever. Yeah. I, I just if, have other. If, if it was this, if it was the Saints or the Cowboys or I don't know, if they, there was probably. Like I've watched it like every year for the last like 20 years. Or the Broncos, and, just the echoes of Peyton. 
Yeah, the echoes of pain. It he wouldn't be the Broncos. Let me tell you, if it was the Broncos, my father-in-law would tell me. He would tell you. Yeah. Well, my wife's family's all from Denver area. So I just, yeah. I just had no interest in the teams that were playing. It was the same, it's the same thing whenever in the past. I would always watch it anyway. But whenever the Patriots, Tom Brady, would play another Super Bowl against a team that I didn't care about, it was like, oh, it's the Patriots again. Yeah, again. Versus this other yeah. team that I don't care. It was crazy, though. I didn't even I think, know it was the Super Bowl until my neighbor was like, what are you guys doing for the Super Bowl tomorrow? And I was like, I just am learning yeah. that it was the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, there, like, I don't know. I it, being such a, it being su- like such an American thing, but would you say that most people that watch it are just in it for the food party? Probably. Uh, yes. Like yes. a good well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know the actual ratio. I, like I think a good half like, or two thirds of, a, of America know, is all just watching it for the social aspect. Okay, this is an interesting thing. I think I am in the minority as an American who doesn't like football. I like football, but the European and or rest of the world kind, the the truly skilled kind the real football yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah i'll take some flack from that if you guys want to hit me up on twitter about that we'll talk yeah. <laughs> but let's see you juggle a soccer ball let's see it okay someone <laughs> yeah. someone from like south america get, or another country is going to be like here's the video idiot you know yeah. like, okay if you're going to give us flack though you got to provide the video here's the thing i can't yeah. do that but when no, you when you try to throw a football versus juggle a soccer ball one of them is much harder much harder <laughs> or run around with a ball in your hands compared to kicking the ball around. Like it, soccer, you have to admit. excuse me, soccer is, it's just the superior sport in my opinion, which is so, by the way, so anti-American. I tell some Americans yes. this and they get upset with me and I'm like, all right, we're not, I'm not <laughs> but, trying to fight you here. Okay. Like, yeah. But soccer is really big in the States too. One of my last uh, jobs that I worked at before Statimic was, uh, a sports company and we primarily served kids sports in the States and it was mostly baseball and soccer. Okay. Football. I know yeah. for, for, for our, uh, it is non-American listeners. Football, it is. But it is funny that we call it football. If you think about it, right. It's like American handball. Like you mostly carry it. Like there's, there's like a guy or two that gets to kick it. Right. But uh, you know, yeah. you're, you're, <laughs> you're punter and your kicker, but the rest of the guys it's handball. Right? It's because it it's looks like football. a mangled foot, I guess the ball. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, my my favorite term is when people call it American hand ag, because that's really yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know it's here, it's like an egg shape that you just carry. You don't not yeah. I'm from a family of 49ers fans. At least my my mom's side of the family is all 49ers fans, and so I learned they were playing the Super Bowl, and naturally I was rooting against them because I've always been that man in the family. And, that guy, yeah. Um, and I didn't. I didn't usually I would like talk a little smack to them just to to be a smart ass. And I didn't say a word this year. And like, I actually just don't care. <laughs> like, I love you guys. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just not for me. And that's OK. I but I will say um, American soccer. I've been to a couple of live MLS games and those are super fun. Like soccer is hard to experience until you go to a live game and it's like actually like this is amazing and the yeah. rest of the world gets it and i am yeah. america 
maybe we'll catch up someday. We're, we're trying. We're trying. Okay, like we're trying. But I'm, I'm not hating. I'm not hating on football. I it's just not for me. Like what you you want. know what's crazy though? Like I I even find I find baseball. I've I've gotten into baseball and it's so boring. But then you go to it's not boring. It, it is pretty interesting, but um, there's something when you go about when you go to a game in person and you feel the energy of the crowd. Any any professional and, a, any sport, sport is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you went, if you want, if you were watching golf and the crowd got that excited, suddenly you know the adrenaline would be flying. But um, you know what? I I yeah. gotta say, I felt that way. Like I played basketball I mean, a lot as a kid, and like I was on teams in junior high and stuff and then I chose snowboarding after that and um but the I played basketball a lot and thought you know I kind of like basketball just inherently and I don't really enjoy watching it on TV but I'll tell you what a live basketball game when you hear that boom of the ball dribbling exactly. off the court is like it's pretty cool yeah and just like hearing people's reactions and if someone scores, like, you know, everyone jumps up in their seats and yeah. I don't know, there's like a, there's like an energy in the air at a sports game, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, even, yeah. even if, even if you don't follow it, even if you're not into it, it's an experience. For oh, me. even NFL, I'm totally down to go to a football game. Uh, at least I'll be listening to 48 minutes of ads an hour instead of watching them. Yeah. 48 <laughs> minutes. Not for not forty nine minutes for for your forty niners. Okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's the Super Bowl, so they probably did bust an extra minute. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Anyway. Okay. Okay. I had a really good segue into this, but now it's gone, and I have no idea what it was. But I have to tell the Mac up story. Oh yes. Okay. So you know yeah. what? Like, yeah, I see for, we're running so for, on for the 50 listener. some minutes here. Yeah, go ahead, Jesse. For the listener, yeah, this is just a, a continuation of last episode. You can hear MacUp part one. So yeah. this is MacUp part two. We promised a continuation of it. You know, it doesn't matter how long it's been. Uh, I'm still very salty about this. Um, so MacUp. I'm going to set the okay, stage. Give it for, to us. I'm going to yeah. set the stage for the listener here. I'm going to I'm going to try to do the story justice for as it happened. So, I spoke of last time, right? Once upon a time. That's how we start the story, right? <laughs> okay, so once upon a time, I got a new laptop right around the last episode we recorded and I thought, you know what, if this is going to be my only computer kind of desktop or laptop as a desktop style, I'm going to spend the time and every tiny little paper cut in my workflow, in the computer setup, anything. As I come across it, I'm going to adjust it. Because we all, I think we all do this thing. I don't know. I'd actually like your opinion on this. Where... We get our setup, our dev setup, our computer setup, whatever it is, to a certain point, and then we just ignore all these little paper cuts that bother us all the time. Right. Do you do that in Vim in particular? <laughs> or, in, in phases, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but yeah, right. We, so we go through phases where then we're like, okay, now I'm yeah. evolving. I'm like, now I'm going to iterate on the setup. But it's like you do that once every time you get a new computer, every whatever number of years it is for you. But you you do that and then you forget about it. You try to like 
leave yourself notes, maybe. I'm sure some mm-hmm. people are better about documenting that than I am. But so this time, though, I thought, you know what? It's great. I uh, think so I saw on Twitter, or I don't know, whatever. We, we've talked about MacUp, right? The idea of MacUp is that once you set up your computer, you back everything up with MacUp and it saves all your preferences. I'm talking about like if I have settings changed in Photoshop or GarageBand exactly. or all these things that can't go in your dot files. Right, like my I was dot- just going to say, yeah. Like yeah. I, I do the dot files thing and I know you do some dot files, I think. And a lot of people do the dot files thing, but it's limited as soon as you get into like a a GUI editor yeah. of some kind and like a Mac preferences window and you're like, where is this setting even saved? And yeah, I hear you. So MacUp takes care of the kind of like all the stuff you can't just easily the, do with a the flat inner dot file. app preferences, if you will. So yeah, yeah. the big thing for me was I'm sitting here set up setting up this computer, right? And then like I've always been like a desktop and a laptop guy, and I had this Hackintosh for a while, and like the maybe I shouldn't say that publicly, but whatever. <laughs> but anyway, like, sorry, I'm, Tim Cook. Yeah. Oh, right. He didn't sponsor this episode. Um. So, so. Well, then, yeah. Then, then who cares? And you can, can say hi. <laughs> <Okay. it. laughs> so I've always been that guy, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try life as the single laptop guy. And I guess I forget what we talked about in the last episode, but uh, so, so I spent all this time, I mean, actually like two weeks, almost like two solid weeks setting up everything, setting up all of my themes, you know, like for example, on Mac, most people are using iTerm two and like your dot files, get your terminal close, but you're still fussing with iTerm two profiles every time. And I had to right. copy them from my other laptop at that point. And like, so, so I spent week, two weeks doing this mainly because I also decided I'm going to take my Elgato stream deck, my little, the, the stream deck is like a little, uh, it's like a, like a programmable macro keyboard for those of you who don't know. And each little key, there are what three, I can't do math, 15 keys. Looks like there's yeah. like 15 little keys on it, but they're each of them is their own little display. So you can do all these little different, whatever. Fancy product. icons yeah. and stuff. Yeah, which yeah. that's a whole thing we should talk about in the next episode, perhaps, is Rive app, R-I-V-E. Mm. It's like mm-hmm. the successor to Adobe Flash or Macromedia Flash, dating myself again. I freaking love it. It's amazing. Um, we should talk about that. But there... So, so I, like most Stream Deck users, I believe, was feeling guilty about not using this damn Stream Deck or rarely using it. And I was like, how can I integrate this into my workflow? So I spent like, I mean, days on, like two or three days on Stream Deck config alone. It was dark. It was a dark hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like not, so, like, it's actually not a good story for configuring that. Um, I do use it all the freaking time now, which is cool. But like I did all this, I did all these, like every setting I can think of for every app, you know, and just kind of let it play out. And every time I was like, oh, I got to set this up, set it all up. And then I was finally like, okay, we're at checkpoint one. I'm super happy with the setup. Uh, I'm going to, I'm. it's time to back it up. Right. And I was all amped about this idea of Mac up that we learned from Twitter or whomever or another podcast. Can't remember, but we, I'm like, all right, 
Sweet. So I install MacUp, which the whole idea is that it backs up these type of preferences that you can't normally save. And it does. I love how you, I already kind of know part of the story, but I love how it's like literally called MacUp, which rhymes with backup. Yeah. Because that's like kind of the premise, right? You're, you're backing up all of your preferences for future you. Right. And I, I, I maybe I should have done time machine or whatever. It's not the same. Like the idea with MacUp, I loved because it's like, oh, I just version all of these things in GitHub right. then. And yeah. then I can just Push drop those settings into a new computer <laughs> in 10 years or whenever I get a new one because I'm stubborn and I usually try to make them last. So that, whatever. But Okay, so I'm I'm like at this point I'm like feeling good. I'm like setups never been better. I've been building off of the previous years of dot files or whatever. We get there. I install MacUp. Everything is great for a week. I mean, great. I'm like, dude, I'm backed up now. I'm feeling so freaking good. And then, then Michael, who I spoke about earlier in this episode. Michael comes over for dinner one night and I'm like, dude, check this out. Everything's backed up. Like everything's backed up. Here's like the backup folder. Everything's great. I was like, and I was trying to show him some other dev thing or something. And I was like, and then all of a sudden, like things started happening that were weird. Okay. Like Chrome was just like bricking itself. I don't know. Things, I don't remember exactly what happened here. Things started happening that were weird. And I'm like, all right. I've been Is messing- it Michael? Is it like Michael gives off this like electromagnetic spectrum he aura is, that like messes he, with your computers and stuff? He is an Arch user. Yep. Oh, <laughs> and Python. Oh, yes, but no, but so so I'm like I'm amped, right? And I'm just like I'm showing my bud, like, dude, check out the setup. I got everything, and it's all backed up, right? Like that's that's like the exclamation point. I'm like, it's all backed up. Too, dude like even these settings in photoshop or whatever it is you know like pixels instead of inches or that's like the mm-hmm. so i'm showing it to him and, and like i'm trying to show him i'm like and then check this out i've been working on this and i try to show it to him and then like things start going wrong and i'm like okay that's weird um and then like, i open up my terminal and there's like a font missing and i'm like okay i'm like all right something must be wacky who knows you do the old you know trick you pull out the cartridge you blow it out and you put it back in the the console or and or in this case or rather in this case you just restart the thing right so i restart the thing i log into mac os everything there's like 20 pop-up warnings from all these different apps we're talking better touch tool carabiner elements all these things i use for keyboard shortcuts and all the vim stuff in my normal key map everything is exploding i mean everything and like Mm. this is like classic live demo right i'm like showing michael how awesome my new setup is and then and it's gone yeah oh and you he just sees he just sees the steam coming out of my ears i've just spent two weeks which seems seems absurd right i've I've got some work done here and there in between because i'm well mainly on my old computer but i was just like i'm gonna take my time with it this time I put so much time into setting this thing up, which I never do because I know it's like an ephemeral thing usually. Well, so did Michael look at you and just say like he just looked at you and said Arch BTW Arch by the way? Uh, no, no. I mean, he's too nice. Well, he he's probably nice. has his whole setup like yeah, versioned in some weird Arch file or something that he can just But I've seen I've seen him with this fair amount of Linux troubles and it's like 
you know, oh, yeah, we, we all have our troubles. We won't sure. even speak about Linux audio. Okay. Linux audio still somehow a lot of problems. Sorry. If you people have figured it out, great. But all my coworkers have Linux audio problems. Michael has Linux audio problems. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. My, Michael's like the smartest Linux guy that I know. So there you go, Michael. A little compliment. Um, <laughs> point is, mm-hmm. I'm like amped to show him the setup, right? I'm amped. And I restart, everything explodes. I realize I haven't restarted in a week and a half. And I'm like, what is happening? And you hadn't pushed to GitHub? Because then if it, if you had pushed, I guess. Okay, so so I hadn't gone... Want to clarify? I oh no, no, no! I had not gone the would, GitHub route yet, but I like uh, when Dropbox, Dropbox or yeah, something. when yeah, Dropbox yeah, yeah, yeah. was new, they had this like student referral plan, and so I have like gigs and gigs of Dropbox space because I referred so many people at college like uh, to Dropbox. So I think I got like fifteen gigs of Dropbox space on the free plan, right? Well, mm-hmm. so I'm like, oh, I'll just put it on Dropbox; it'll be fine. Like these are just config files that it's like gonna like copy into place, I think, right? And my thought was like, okay, it's going to copy the files there and then copy them into place like only when I say not symlink them, which is, right. or or I'd be, I'm actually fine if it symlinks them, but like point is it's not going to like be destructive. But right. then nothing's working. I mean, nothing. <clears throat> my fonts in my terminal was messed up. All of my VS code settings were gone. Like so many things. Was turns out it wasn't every app, but like most apps were so screwed up. So then I'm like, oh, this must just be like a simple thing, right? And then I'm like, I start thinking, I'm like, Mac up is that one thing I introduced to the setup that is new. And so I start mm-hmm. digging in the Mac up GitHub issues. And let me tell you, it's a freaking war zone in there. <laughs> it is not good, folks. This is your warning. Do not use Mac up if you have a newer Mac. Do not use it. Well, to be fair, to be fair, um, <laughs> for people I, who get that, reference, I'm still mad about uh, this. <laughs> yeah. To, to be fair, though, it's it's related also to it's not just Mac up specifically. It's Mac up and is it Sonoma? Is it whatever the new? I Mac think it's actually is? like no, something. It's it's what is it? Ventura and Sonoma. Oh, so both of them. Okay, they yeah. change- something changed in the Apple landscape with like Simlinks or something, and then MacUp hasn't followed suit, and so now MacUp has these problems, and they're not addressing the problem that the Simlinking thing that changed. Yeah, the Mac so so right? the way that macOS works, a lot of I know some of this from the Hackintosh days, but the a lot of applications their their settings are stored in plist files. I, I think this is the essence of the issue. I actually don't understand. The, the full issue. So I want to put that disclaimer out there, but people or, or rather P list files um, hold settings for a lot of these apps. And if you sim link those P list files in newer versions of Mac OS, it basically explodes and it does, it doesn't work. And so like all of my, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, so distraught in this moment, Michael was like, I'm going to give him a moment because like, I'm about mm. to rage like this. <laughs> I spent so much time <laughs> setting it up perfect. And I'm like, sweet, I'll back it up. And I was so proud that it was backed up and I showed him and it just explodes. <laughs> and he, he's about crying, laughing at this point. Like he's like, he's like, all right, 
dude. Like, see, that's, I'm sorry, that's the thing for me. I'm trying to picture Michael this whole time. I'm like, what is, yeah, you're explaining your, uh, your feelings, but what you is, know what? What's Michael? I got I got to give him huge credit here. He was like really trying not to laugh at me because he saw I was a, like, I'm about to cry. I spent so yeah. like dozens of hours messing with all this stuff. And so he's like, he's being a good friend and not just totally busting up about me, but he's laughing a little bit. I see the smile under, under the like stoic nature. He's kind of a stoic guy too. So, um, yeah, long story short folks that, okay, wait, no. So I, all right, I got to finish the story and here's how it resolves. I am now a paying Dropbox customer because of course the jank ass Simlink or the non-Simlink, right? Mac OS just said, no, screw your Simlinks. We're putting our plist files back. And then those, like I tried to Mac up back up again or something. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. I ran some commands trying to get things back, right? I like tried to like restore. And it was like, turns out one of the Mac up backups said like messed up. It, this is a problem with Mac up, not jiving with new Mac versions. Right. Folks. And there are literally dozens of GitHub issues about this. And there's one main one that I had to unsubscribe from because every other day, every other day, someone was like responding to the issue. Like, why isn't this pinned? Why isn't this like noted in the readme? Like I tried to use this and it blew up my whole machine. Thankfully I have enough experience uh, with totally blowing up my whole Hackintosh, which is worse than doing surgery on windows in my opinion, because like, I don't, it'd be I don't, worse in, in some regard. It's just like obscure, right? Like I wouldn't know unless some of the Hackintosh right. people helped me. But like I had enough experience trying to like recover other problems I had made in the past that I was like, okay, wait, if I recovered the correct plist files for all the apps that are screwed up from Dropbox and then I just put them into place and, and mm. get rid of the sim link, then I'm good. And so... Turns out Dropbox didn't have the right versions. And to get the right versions from Dropbox, I had to become a paying Dropbox customer. So you're welcome for my money, Dropbox Corporation. <clears throat> so so Dropbox keeps like a history? They do, but you can't access the full version history unless you're a paying customer. Mm. And gotcha, so, gotcha. yeah. So, so I did that. I recovered, honestly, not everything. I had to redo some stuff, but I recovered the biggest things like the nice. stream deck yeah. one was in there like a bunch of the stuff was in there <clears throat> and so then i just had to manually one by one on the terminal copy those plist files in and fix it and mm-hmm. but it, it took me like it was probably 6 p.m when it blew up it was 11 or almost midnight and i was like okay i'm back to the checkpoint now <laughs> like, yeah well hopefully mac up can figure like it's it seems like it's a, a really good app that people had good experience with for a while. Uh, and then it just seems like, from what I understand, looking at the issues and stuff, that, okay, Apple changed this thing and MacUp isn't fully understanding the like the, the fallout yeah. that came from it. And instead of yeah. them like changing their workflow, how they copy files or something like files or whatever, they've just sort of like, I don't know, haven't done like it's not that it's not active it's just that it seems like i've even seen a few closed issues where i I, after you had mentioned it i think he had replied or one of the guys there had replied you know um you know it's not mac ups problem we copy the files where they need to go and then he closed the issue so it's like he just doesn't fully understand 
Well, and so people have been pinging pinging the um the guy like you know adding him in the in the GitHub issue, the one that I was subscribed to, which just like seems to be the main one now. Uh, mm-hmm. That like the main dude and other main contributors, they've been pinging them in there and been like, "Oh no, this is like a real problem." And like one of them actually responded a week or two ago, a couple of weeks ago, right before like I unsubscribe now because I'm like, all right. I actually don't care. I'm just not going to use it for the foreseeable future. Like I actually, turns out I'm just going to back up my whole library folder and then I can copy yeah. the PLIS files I want <laughs> in there. Sure. Like whatever. I'll just, like, I understand enough about the, the Mac internals. to like the, the I see a PLIS file. It doesn't scare me. Um, most people aren't that way. I get it. That's fine. But it, I'm not, to be clear, I'm not trying to lord over any of those people, whatever. I'm happy to. It's just because I have backed myself into a number of corners trying to make a hackintosh where things get crazy. And then you go, yeah, yeah like I, I, I don't know much about it. But the point is, one of the one of the maintainers or, or maybe the real guy or like the original MacUp guy responded to that issue a little ways before I unsubscribed to the notifications. And he goes, he was like, yo, I actually don't understand what the problem is here with Mac. Can right. someone outline like what the actual, has anyone dug into like what the problem is on the operating system level? And like, I certainly am not that guy, right? Like that's my knowledge. We've reached, yeah. we've reached the end of the dock. <laughs> like, yeah. I could jump into the lake and try to swim back to the dock, but chances are I'm going to be out in the lake trying to swim mm-hmm. for a long time. <laughs> so, yeah. So hopefully they'll figure it out. But in the meantime, it's yeah, you had issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But other people have had issues. You know. Yeah. Thanks for letting me rant about MacUp. Uh, I yeah won't. And since then, I haven't done the thing to back anything up. So hopefully my computer doesn't <laughs> die soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have most of my important stuff in my dot files, but Same. of course, like I don't have all the the GUI app stuff. So like when I have to, you know, in a few years when I get a new Mac, I'll probably end up doing what you said. Just, you know, like I I the dot files get me gets me like 90 percent of the way there. And then I end up for the next few days, like as you open up a new app and you're like, oh shoot, my profile for that thing is gone or my saved server for that thing is gone. And you got to like, you know, kind of like yep. plug everything back in a little bit, but like that's the last like 10%. Like the dot files gets me like, I, I've, I do quite a bit with my dot files. So my dot files gets me quite far, but, um, well, right. And I like, also do a lot on the terminal, right? I like, I'm using Vim. I'm using, you know, what blew me away about yeah. this is like, and this one is like, I'm not sure how it even worked, but my VS code config is synced to like my VS code, Microsoft account server. Mm -hmm. So I just sign into VS code and get copilot and, and then also my settings all sync in and then I restart VS code and it's just there. Yeah. This somehow broke that too. I think the settings, I think the user account settings must be stored in a PLS file. And mm. so MacUp backed those up or uh, yeah, I don't, yeah. Turns out, tried to back up my computer and be a good boy. Everything exploded and I am still salty about it. I'd love to know how other people like, okay, so there's the dot file story, but 
Do any of our listeners use MacUp or forget MacUp? Like, what are, what are your backup strategies or your like system setup strategies when you buy a new computer every few years or whatever? Or I suspect for Mac cowboy? people, I well, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I, I yeah, the, yeah. I like the cowboy approach because that's clearly what I'm doing now. But <laughs> there, there yeah. is what well, we're all doing. Yeah, there. Okay, I here's a good example of something that you can't do in dot files. Maybe you can actually. Now that I think about it, you probably could with AppleScript or something, but like your dock settings in Mac OS or your menu bar settings. Like say you mm. want your dock and your menu bar to hide, which by the way, Jesse, right. you taught me about the menu bar hiding and I was not into that. <coughs> totally. I am a convert now. Just clean desktop wallpaper only. Yeah. The only thing I find that I don't like about that is I got to use my mouse to see what time it is. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I just love how clean it is. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we can go into dot files more on another episode. Um, but yeah, just as a little teaser. Um, yeah, you can, there's like, I don't know about Apple script, but there's just literal, literal commands you can run like bash commands. You can run that, like set certain Mac settings. So I just have a you have those in your dot that, files <laughs> that just like I run the script once and it just like sets a bunch of like you know it hides my desktop icons and all that kind of stuff. So right? Yeah, it's like the, I don't, I'm not, I, there. There are people that do it way more thorough than I have. I only have a few things in there, but yeah. Anyway, dot files is a good. Maybe we should jump into dot files in another episode. But your dot files are crazy. Your dot files are crazy. I've explored them we a could, little bit. Yours are crazy. Mine is like. <laughs> Mine's like five files. Yours is like <laughs> insane, dude. Yeah. I don't know if mine are that crazy. I don't know, there's some people that really take it to a crazy level. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, well, I'd like to thank every one of you out there for listening to yeah. this episode. I hope you had a wonderful holiday and a are having a wonderful new year so far. Yeah. This was fun. Good episode. And we can... Uh, yeah, we can continue some of this in the next one. So have a great week, everyone.